Hello. What up? That was loud. I feel like that was really loud. That was fucking... That was good. We're trailing over from... Uh, oh my God, I totally lost what it was. <laughs> this is a hell of a way to start the episode. I know. We're already starting out great. You've blown it already. Only All right, an hour and a half to go. Let's just start over. Yeah. Take two. Let's use take two, everybody. And action. Welcome back to the Lost Joystick Network. Episode 12. I am your host, Mike, joined by my co-host, Jay... Jay, how are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Drinking one of my favorite beers, so I'm I'm great. Yeah, yeah, you are. It is uh, last snow. Is that right? Uh, lost snow. Lost snow. No, last snow. Jesus. I thought it was last snow. Yeah, like, I'm like, snow. You, man, you're it's really, my favorite beer, and I have it's no my idea favorite what it's beer. It's my favorite baseball team, the New York Ridden Hours. <laughs> You mean Yankees? Yeah, Yankees. That's what I meant. I, I don't know. I would never say that the Yankees are my favorite. No, player. nobody should. Anyway. Uh, hate the Yankees. Yes. Welcome back. Did I go somewhere? Well, I mean, for like a week you did, but now we're back here talking but again. We've been here. We've been around. Oh, we just sit here behind the mic and then like yeah. eventually turn them back on and record. That I thought that's yes. It's like that's the what I've been doing. Where the fuck have you been? One thing I've learned from Amy is that every child thinks that the teachers live at the school. <laughs> Like, like, they think that their third grade teacher literally lives at the school. <laughs> I thought they still did. They don't. Oh. I can verify Amy does not live at the school. I thought Sometimes Amy just, I like thought it. she just said she was a teacher because anyway. she wanted to be cool. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, I, so how so, was your week? You know what? It was, it was good. Uh, I want to start off by saying we have a winner. Shut up. We have a winner of the Buy Me Bone Storm or Go to Hell contest. So it's official. We do have one person that <laughs> listens. So I know that I ended the last episode by saying I was just going to make something up. <laughs> well, that's but, convenient. But I did not. I did not. So we actually got a an email from uh, a nice a nice young man named Sean. I don't know how old he is. I'm going to say he's a nice young man. Um, and he is at SHFFSH on Instagram. And he uh, he uh, emailed us as we had requested. So, Sean, you are the winner. And uh, I've already been in contact with him through Instagram. And congratulations. Congratulations. Not you, him. Yes, I know. You weren't saying it to me. Okay. No one ever says it to me. <laughs> congratulations. Me. We got somebody to email us. Nice job. Somebody else is here instead of Mike. That's usually what, you know, like what it is. But so... Uh, I've already talked to Kyle and John and yourself, so we're compiling a a nice gift basket for you. And I'm trying to decide whether I'm going to ship it to you or if I'm just going to hand it to you in person because Sean lives in Chicago. So Sean will be in attendance at the Video Game Summit in the middle of July, a show that I referenced last episode where myself and retro game enthusiast and 8-Bit Supremacy and now SNK2D Forever, another person is going to be there that just a lot of uh, people from... The uh, community, which I'm excited about, but I... I won't be there because I'm not part of the community. Yeah, well, no, you're not. I'm just here for humor. <laughs> yes, that's why. <laughs> but no... Everything's I, coming up Millhouse. Yeah, my, my, my cuffs are bone dry. <laughs> but, uh, but so, yeah, congratulations. Thank you, Sean, for reaching out. And uh, I will be uh, helping to facilitate, facilitate a purchase through Retro Replayed for you. Uh, among other things. So it was as, just as easy as sending an email, but all you people wouldn't do it, would you? No. Nope. Sean was the smart one. So thank you, Sean. Sean's going to get some used <laughs> video games. He's also a bit, big vinyl and clutch fan. Oh. 
I like this dude. I know you. I know he I sent like me the message. He's like, hey, you know, I also like vinyl, and I'm into clutch. And I was like, well, this is Jay's new best friend, I guess. Yes. <laughs> John, I got bad news. I'm not giving you any. Like no, I didn't think you would. That was my first thought. Is like, well, no. <laughs> no. So yeah, other than that, uh, my week has been pretty good. Uh, my job has been excessively busy. No one really wants to hear about that. But it's been a lot of. Uh, change and stuff what i do and uh it's fine it's not that big a deal just consumed more of my time than i'd i'd like um that along with this topic for this game consumed a lot of my time in the last week (laughs) but we'll get into that in a little bit how about you how was your week uh uneventful that's good so my my youngest kid graduated i guess graduated She's not in fifth grade anymore. She's going in the middle school. Promoted. Or junior high. Promoted. Or whatever, I, whatever region. I believe it's promoted now. Yeah. I you know, know, we didn't have that really. I we kind of did, I think. But I said the whole graduation, whatever, but. Well, you had another know. kid graduate, graduate. Yes. That was a few weeks back. Though. Yeah. Well, I guess, did it we talk the, about it last episode? Maybe we did. Who cares? Yeah, we can talk about it again. So, yeah, Deacon graduated. Yep. He's going to Kettering. He's smart. Smarter than I am. And Yeah. And then you got Harrison, who also graduated. Not going to Kettering. Not smarter than I am. Oh, well, there we go. <laughs> he might be. I don't know. It's like a yin and a yang. It's not that. It's not that tall of a mountain to climb. It's like ebony and ivory. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. They, you know, uh, come together in harmony. But uh, <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. That's yeah. That's really all. I don't have anything super fan. I've been working. Yeah. Got to swim in my pool finally. It's warm. We enough. did the same thing. That's exciting. Pool's open. Should we talk about chlorine again for twenty minutes? Yeah, this is a pool maintenance pool podcast. Yes. So let's uh, let's get in right into our uh, how what kind of algaecide do you like in the proper auto vac? Uh, do you like, what, what, what auto vac do you prefer? You know, I go have, with the barracuda. Yeah, that's a that's a quality. <laughs> that's a quality. The barracuda is a standard. I think that's the gold standard. Anyway, uh, so I guess let's get into our uh, unnamed collecting. We, we got a name for it. Update. We do. What we is it? Do give me what you got. It's gonna be called "Give Me What You Got." Give me all you got. It's going to sound better when I'm not doing it and we yes, it will. steal a Everything famous does. actor's voice to do it, <laughs> but it'll be good. Give me all you got. That's what we're calling it. Give me all you got. feel better that we danced to that because we didn't dance to the intro again it's two episodes in a row we didn't that dance to that the intro. that song is definitely got a better beat to it that's a jam it's a it's a, <laughs> it's a banger for sure <laughs> it's, it's oh banger. yeah it's all I listen to is bangers all the time all right so on to the collecting update what what do you got you got anything give me what you got i literally have nothing i've gotten nothing like nothing. i'm kind of bummed because record store day was the other day and i just there wasn't anything i wanted to jump on you're lame so I didn't get anything. I've gotten nothing new. You didn't get anything so, from Record Store Day even? No, nothing. I didn't get a single thing. I've gotten nothing new. I've gotten in my pool. That's my new thing. So I got one thing. I'll talk about the Record Store Day thing first. I, I got one thing from one, Record Store From Day. Record Store Day? Yep, that was it. Hopefully it was good. Uh, you might not think it's good, but it might. it's more of a prospecting purchase than it is a uh, uh, a real want, I feel like. It is. So it's terrible. It is Meteora. By Lincoln Park. So not the worst record ever. It has aged pretty well. In my stance, there's very few bands I will say that are I that are bad. Um, might not be my cup of tea, but I think Lincoln Park's probably a really they're really talented. Yeah, they're just was, not my thing. Like it, I didn't like dig them, but they are really talented. Like I think um 
No, that band sucks. So okay, I do think some <laughs> bands suck, but whatever. Most bands, even if I even if it's not my thing, I right. still like. I, I, if they're talented, they're talented. That's I mean, you got to respect that. Yeah, so I picked that up really more as a. Uh, it'll probably get expensive because that record always seems to, and I didn't have it, and I'm like, well, I'll hold on to it. it I could probably sell it for a hundred bucks right now, but I really don't want to. I maybe in a year I'll look and see how I feel about it if I want to keep it and I'll sell it then. But I don't. I'm not. There was not a whole bunch on records for day. I was super enthused with. Like I would have bought the Senses Fail record or possibly the Rage Against the Machine live record. But I'm again like they weren't like oh I've got to have this like. It, like when the cake box set got released, I was like, that I got to figure out. But this stuff was kind of like, I didn't really, it wasn't that super compelling. So, yeah, I'd be more interested to hear you brought up Rage. I'd be more interested to hear a new yeah. Rage album than just some live all from of Mexico the stuff City. from like 90s and early 2000s before they broke up. Yeah. Yeah. Live. Like it's like, that's cool. They're back together, but let's hear some new stuff. Yeah. I hear you. Get with it, people. Yeah. Get, come on. Come on. Let's go. Come on, Zach. Give me all you got. Yeah, give me all you got. So I. Alluded to it in our last episode, but the Gunnack cart that was sitting in customs only sat there for a few days and did show up the day after we last recorded. Nice. So what that means is I am now in possession of 676 of the 677 licensed NTSCU NES cartridges. They are, majority of them are loose, probably 75%. I think I have probably about 25% of boxes, whatever, but I'm not really collecting those. I get them as I can. So I really am not chasing anything else right now as it relates to that. The thing yeah, I am stadium not... stadium events is going to be easy. That's, well, I mean, I know they're everywhere. The point here is this is where most people <laughs> stop. This is where most people go, or I'm never going to buy stadium events. It's going to take some pure stroke of luck to wind up getting it. And I'm working towards trying to get it, but I'm still waiting on WADA. It's been, you know, we were just talking about it before the show. Uh, it's been 10 weeks since I mailed the package to them. It's been nine and a half weeks since it's been graded or grading in grading. And it's been sitting in two weeks in post grading. So I assume that literally any day. Well, and keep in mind people, before you get upset with Mike saying that you're going, man, what's WADA doing? Remember, Mike had a, a young gentleman pull up to his house on a burrow and they loaded it up in a burlap sack and they took the burrow to Wada. Why are you airing all of my like private laundry? I'm just, I'm just like, giving people so you know. I'm editing it, it this It literally out. walked there I mean, on a burrow yeah. and it's, on, it's going anyway. to come back on the burrow. So that could take months. Yeah, maybe it could. You know, it's, it's all being, it's traveling by messenger pigeon or whatever <laughs> right it's it's just been it's been a very very slow process and i know they're backed up but it has gotten to the point of absurdity now where i feel like it's like okay come on you know they're slacking like i know other people are getting their things back but it's really starting to irritate me but i can't really move on anything and with the pokemon or that until i know what it is i've got a potential trade lined up i don't know much about it yet but those are integral parts of it so yeah we still might want to watch that. it too i might want to watch the sarcasm to wada because they we, they might be one of the people that listen to us. I don't care if they do. And if they are and they, they haven't know graded they, it yet, listen, it might be like your food. You know, if you complain to the waiter. <laughs> they know they're fucking they're up. spitting the food. So they might be they, like, oh, that was a 9.5. Whoops, that's a 7.6 now. First of all, you can't get a 9.5. It's not a possible grade. It's 9.4 or 9.6. Get with it. If you're going to be on the, the show, you can't. It's not one of the grades. It doesn't okay, exist. Fuck Wada. <laughs> you can get an 8.5, but you'd rather have a 9.0. Anyway, not would here you rather have a nine six? Oh yeah. Well, then why would you say you'd rather have a nine zero? Because it's higher than eight five. Okay, I'm drinking. Yeah. What else you got? Okay. <laughs> so, 
So Give I picked, me what you got. I picked up uh I picked up a lot from Kyle at Retro. Um I actually went down and I went down and purchased a game for him when I was in Bowling Green. And it was my a original, GameCube game, wasn't it? Yes. And it my it was. It was Chibi Robo. My intent was originally to just give it to him and sell, you know, have me have him give me cash. But while I was standing there, I'm like, you know what? Why don't I just find two hundred fifty dollars for the stuff I want instead? So I grabbed a PSP in a box, which I, I had wanted one for a bit, and then I grabbed a good number of PSP games. Um, Mega Man Maverick. I got Fantasy Star Mobile. I got Valkyrie Profile. Uh, good games like Final Fantasy stuff, like the the games you want. I've just picked up Lunar uh, on PSP from him, so you know, fun cool. stuff like the cool. RPG type stuff, whatever. Um, so I, I picked that all up. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to take with me to this VGS, if anything. It won't be much yet. I have a feeling that I'll wind up with stuff and I'll just piece together like a box of things to take with me. But it's really more John's tables. I'm just kind of there along for the ride. You know what I mean? But I, I'm, I'm sure I'll come up with something. So You are going to be taking a gift for Sean. Though. Oh, I'll absolutely be taking a gift for Sean. Unless for, I ship it years. first. Unless I ship it first. And... One of the things I've been doing recently that I think has been a lot of fun, and I, I wanted to talk about a little bit, although I'm apprehensive about talking about it, but good thing is nobody really listens, so it works out. I've been slumming heritage auctions. So I go to heritage auctions, right? So this is even news to me. I didn't know you were yeah. doing this. So I go to heritage auctions, and usually every Tuesday night, they have like, you have a proxy bidding series. Like they'll go up and put up for the week. Here's the 120 items that we're going to put up for bid right and there's proxy bidding and so you can go in and bid like just like an ebay bid you could go in and say i bid 500 dollars, and the current bid might be like 12 dollars, but your max might be 500 right because nobody's really bid against you or bid it up so then that proxy bid time ends right and then they have a live bidding process so it all goes to this live auction online where you can bid against people you know you, it's like a little website and you can you can bid against people so generally what i see happens is a lot of stuff winds up there that, like, unless it's, like, super desirable, super high grade, doesn't go for a whole ton of money, right? I'm, you're starting to already see some of the effects of grading games, which I've kind of thought we would get here, but it's happening sooner than I thought, where, like, the less desirable things, you're not even getting the money that you've spent to get it graded back in a lot of cases, okay? So I'll sit there and watch, and, like, a good example is I bought a complete-in-box pitfall for the Atari 2600, it was a 7.5, not the greatest grade, not a sealed game. I paid $70 for it. And to me, when I when I look at this kind of stuff, I think it's fun because I think about the amount of things I would spend like $70 on to decorate in my game room. And like Pitfall is a game that I love. Pitfall 2 is one of my favorite games. I'd love to get that one. But for $70 to have it like as a display piece complete with the box, I'm never going to, I have three other copies of Pitfall. I can pull out and play if I want. I don't need to get this one out. It is literally a display piece. It's like people, I said, I think I said to John, I said, people spend like $50 on, you know, light up game over signs from Meyer or, or from a, you know, from a store. Like that, that's like, this is like a real thing. It's like literally a copy of Pitfall, you know, in, in this acrylic box. And it's, it's a cool, I think it's a cool looking display piece that costs you almost nothing. You're going to the dark side. <clears throat> no, it's really not that because the dark side is worried about population reports and values and condition and all that. I don't give a shit about that. These are decorative. 
Like that's why I'm that's why I say I'm slumming it because I I went and spent I think forty five dollars on a sealed copy of Defender in the old classic Atari box, the blue box with the artwork and all that stuff. That's cool. For fifty bucks. I mean, like, whatever. Like I'd spend fifty dollars on stupider shit all the time. You know what I mean? So it's like these are games that I really like. Like I grabbed that Kid Icarus and it was an inexpensive game. I paid okay. I've paid less for all three like I've paid less for all three of those than it would have cost to get the games and have them graded by far. I'm just picking on you because oh, you I got know. the acrylic cases. It's fine. I don't care. Like whatever. If people can think whatever they want, I don't know, whatever. I don't collect for anybody but myself. So but anyway, so I've been doing that, and it's been kind of a fun thing because you actually bid against people. So you can watch somebody, you know, let's say that the bid is at like $50, and it's, it'll show yeah. you that's an internet bid versus a live bid, right? So the first thing that generally happens is somebody who wants something that's live will go bid, 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 and you'll see how fast they bid past that highest um, proxy bid. Right. So if the highest proxy bid was 500 this person wants it more than $500 worth, they'll bid it past that, and then it'll just sit there. And then you have a few seconds to counter bid, right? Yeah. So that's usually, like, I'll sit there and watch, and it's like, you don't usually get into many bidding wars for, like, a CIB pitfall for the Atari 2600. But it's just it's just a fun thing to do, and I like I said, it's a, it's a fun collecting thing, and I think that the the games display well. Like, I have a copy of Pitfall that's, like, in a box, but what is it? It just sits on the shelf. It's like, that would be something I'd like to prominently display because I really like that. You but get it some little decorative cabinets. It doesn't need to shelves. Be, yes, yes, exactly. It does not need to be a 9.8 A++ sealed blah, blah, blah. And I don't care what it's worth or how many of them there are. I just like having it. So, anyway, I've been I guess doing with that. that, even, I know I'm picking on you about the acrylic, but even with that... If you're going to just put it up for like a decorative piece, the the cases are actually pretty cool looking. That's what I mean. It's not so an it's investment. Not, it's it's literally a display piece. It's for fun. It's not like you sit, you're sitting over here like, I, pay, I dumped $500 into this game. Yep. And then people come over and they're like, I've never seen a greeted game before. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of really hadn't either until I bought these. You know what I mean? But the, when you look at it, you think they're expensive, but they're really not. And they can be had pretty inexpensively if you, if you time it right. So I'm going to be... You know, I'll be on the auction site tomorrow taking a look. I got a couple things I got my eye on, but nothing like super compelling. But if it's cheap enough, I might pull the trigger. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It's just been fun. That's cool. So anyway, so that's the collecting update. Like I said, no uh, no advancement yet on uh, the lot of stuff for stadium events, but I am sure that this has got to be the week. It has got to be the week <laughs> where, yeah, where the, the, it's, it, those games ship. They've, it's got to be. So I will I will certainly let everybody know when they do. But Do you still have any leads on stadium events right yeah. now? Oh, no, okay. yeah. So my buddy has told me, like, there's a guy interested, but he wants to know what else you got. Right? He's got, you know, you got the Pokemon, which I could sell or I could trade. Is he interested in the Pokemon? Potentially, yes. It just depends on what else goes with it. If not, then I sell it and then I go buy it. So okay. that, that's, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's all, but it's all like, it's exploding offer, man. Like I need to get these things back so I can start. I feel like it's been very nice of him to go out there and like proactively try to help, but I feel bad that I can't really move on anything until I have this. So I'm kind of handcuffed until I have those things. And, and then you didn't I didn't expect this to be a three month ordeal. No, I did not. The I expected, plan was to be like a month. At I most. honestly expected to have them back five weeks ago. I really did. Yeah. And then everything went, got super slowed down. They were running out of resources. They, they were slow. They Whatever. A bunch of things happened. But neither here nor there. Nobody wants to hear me uh, pontificate about the woes of waiting for WADA. Everybody that's put something out there right now is waiting on WADA. So. There might be other people sitting at home going, you sons of bitches. <laughs> yeah. I'm not alone. It's not just me. There are others. I thought for so long it was just me. Your name is Millhouse, too? <laughs> I thought I was the only one. Michaels are soaked. <laughs> So this is what it feels like when doves cry. <laughs> um, all right. So oh, I, actually. Oh, no. I'm going to circle back because you just said that. Go on. I did get one thing and you gave it to me because you went garage sailing. Oh, that's right. That's I right. I got a yeah. copy of uh, Purple Rain. 
That's right. I went out garage sailing with Retro Bobby, and you know what? We didn't. We struck out from a video game perspective, but I found the Trailer Park Boys board game with yep. the thirteen figurines, which was awesome for a buck. And then the the same person had a bunch of uh, nice like seventies and eighties rock records. So I picked up some Led Zeppelin. I picked up a like a seventy four press of Pink Floyd's Metal, which I'm not a huge fan, but whatever. And then one of the other things I got was uh, Purple Rain, which was an OG press, and I already had one, so I I thought you could use it. And then one other thing. Huey Lewis. Name that movie. <laughs> no, what? Get out of here, you little pervert, or I'm going to slap you silly. You got the talk, boy. Oh, that's right. I did. I got the talk, boy. Yes, I forgot. Yeah. Home so, Alone 2, everybody. Yes, Home Bob, Alone 2. Retro Bobby and I were at a garage sale. It was the last day of the garage sale. And he hands me a talk, boy, from Home Alone 2. It's in the box, right? It's the thing that he, Kevin, used and had the ex, uh, extending microphone and, and a little cassette recorder and had the original cassette in it as well. So he hands this to me. It's got like a price of like $10. I offer the lady like three bucks. She says sold. Bobby buys a P- Paperboy uh, Tiger handheld game for about three bucks too. And feeling pretty good about ourselves. We leave. So about a half an hour later, I take a look and I'm like, oh, I wonder what these things sell for. <laughs> $70 lose $200 in the box. <laughs> and I showed Bobby. He's like, son of a bitch. Like, why did I hand that to you? He did it because he knows I'm a cassette guy too. And I'll say, and it's actually a very fun thing. But um, it did have, uh, I would say, probably 25-year-old batteries in it. So the batteries were corroded. And I've had to clean it out. It still is not functioning yet. But I'm sure that it's probably just a connect- connectivity thing. So I've oh. got to fix the continuity of the, the, the thing. And I, I'll fix all that. I can, I can figure all that out. So what's on the cassette that comes with it? It's blank. You're supposed to record oh. to it. You're supposed oh, and I thought it, maybe it they alters like, your voice. And I don't know. I haven't heard it yet because I, I haven't played it. Maybe they had some clips from. My, it's not like you don't have other tapes. No, I'm gonna say maybe they have recorded with it. The the people who owned it, but it was originally a blank cassette. So. Oh, see, yeah, I, I thought. But it, it maybe a very, had like some clips from the movie. It's a very special blank it. cassette that says Home Alone Two, not to be sold separately. Like it's a very proprietary thing. So good thing it was in there. Probably. Probably about the hardest part to find for that is my guess. Probably. <laughs> so anyway. But yes, I forgot about that. So thanks you, thank you for the reminder. But yeah. all right, so on to our show topic: the old meat and potatoes. Yep, yep, yep. What's it going to be? Oh, I guess I should probably tell you what the topic. Yeah, what's the topic uh, going to be here for our episode twelve? So this episode, we're going back to an NES game. We're going to do Dragon Warrior. That is correct for the Nintendo Entertainment System. We're going to we'll be whisked off to the land of Alphagard and into Tanta Gel Castle. To speak with King Lorik. Oh, you're like going through. You're already doing the game. Okay, we're good. <laughs> we don't have to do that that way. I just thought I was. Uh... Were you going to talk about the ball of light? I really was hoping you'd do that. The ball of light was <laughs> stolen. Yeah, it's a. It's funny. So anybody that's familiar with the NES is very likely familiar with Dragon Warrior, right? And we'll get into kind of why in a little bit, but it's it's kind of a classic, and it's oh, for sure. it's a uh, man. Oh man, so. Do you want to tell me a little bit about the gameplay and story, or would you rather that I discuss it? No, I can talk about it a little bit. So it, it is a turn-based uh, JRPG game, old school. The original. It is the original. And it does, it play. It takes place in the land of Alphagard. Yes. And I pronounce that right, Alphagard. I guess. Gerd, like, I'm going to tell you, Gerd. I'm going to be honest with you, with a lot of this stuff, I'm going. it's going to be the first time I've ever heard anybody actually say these words. In my head, I've seen these words and, and sounded them out in my head for, for 30 years, but I've never said any of these out loud. There's going to be somebody at home. They're going, They're going like, it's not Alphagard. Guard, it's, you son of a it's bitch. Alephgard. <laughs> Gerd, or whatever weird, you know, go ahead. But yeah, it, does, it takes place in the land of Alif, Alphagard. We're just going to go with Alphagard. Well, I say Alphagard. Alphagard. That's what I've thought. Done, done, done. That's it. So, um... 
But no, you start in the in, in Tantagel Castle. Tantagel Castle. Tantagel or Tantagel? Ah, Tantagel. It seems like it would be Tantagel, but I've always thought Tantagel. Tantagel? I don't know. I said Tantagel. Tant- let's say Tantagel. Tantagel Castle. Yeah. And you're speaking to King Loric. Right. And the ball of light has been stolen by a man and left Alphagard in darkness and rife with monsters. So like everywhere you go dun, now. Dun, dun, yep. Everywhere you go now, you can run into a monster because this ball of light has been stolen by this mysterious man. Which, by the way, also, your role in this as the main protagonist is also a mysterious man. You are basically this unknown that walks in and is like, hey, man, what's going on here? And he's like, yeah, shit's real fucked up. You know, like we had this ball of light and it did, this dude took it. And then so like, can you help? <laughs> Do you know anybody f- about this guy, Erdrick? Isn't it kind of funny? Wouldn't you think the king would be like, yeah, the, literally just before you walked in the door, the dude walked out. Yeah. Wait a minute. Hold on. And you're a mysterious man. This seems and that little, was a mysterious man. It seems a little set up. You son of a bitch. Yeah. Where's my ball? <laughs> where's my ball of light? But good. Yeah. So with monsters, um, Princess Gwalen. I would say Gwalen. Gwalen Jennings Jr. Yes, that's right. Uh, the king's daughter has been kidnapped and is held in a distant cave. Yep. So this is the story behind this game. So in throughout the game, you, of course, have random encounters with enemies. So all kinds of little fun dudes and dude monsters. Um, the further you get from the castle, of course, the stronger the enemies get and... Basically, you're going through and you're leveling up and getting spells. So that's pretty much the snapshot of the game. I mean, we're going to go more into it than that, of course. So, yeah, there's but like the... there's a number of areas, right? You start in this area that's like with a, can- a castle and right next to it is a town called Breconary. I believe that's right. Breconary. I don't know how you'd say that. Breconary, probably. But essentially, your job is to go on an adventure and your job is to attempt to defeat this mysterious man that I'm going to spoiler alert. It winds up being the dragon Lord. Okay. Shut up. I know. I know this is a 30 God, six year old, 35 year old game. The 32 years old in the U S sorry. But uh, yeah, so you're going to go You're the whole point here is to grind out levels, level your guy up, learn more spells, become more powerful, garner, you know, solve some puzzles, right? You're trying to solve some puzzles on how you can find, and some of it is very esoteric. Some of it is very vague. So, like, looking back, I go, how did I ever beat this game when I was kid? I did beat this game when I was, like, a teenager, but looking back, I realized also that I had a number of things at my disposal that I used instead of just looked at now. It's like, nowadays, there are a bunch of pieces that yeah. came with it. But, yes, this this game is all about um, defeating random enemy enemies, enemies encounters, right? You go out and use the enemy encounters, you defeat them, you get gold, and you get experience, right? And then... You level up. As you level up, you become more powerful. You can stray further away from, you know, the like a town. Like a town, you have the ability to go back and heal yourself. So you can go back. Like if maybe you're like, you don't want to use all your heal energy or whatever. You can go back and heal yourself for a few gold. Yeah. And then you go out and you can fight these monsters, uh, you know, come back to the town, heal up. It's just this grind, yep. you know. Gold heal, gold heal, and gold heal, it's, level up. It's funny because in general how it's played you very much don't want to deviate too far from the area where you can easily defeat enemies because they will destroy you quickly if you deviate too far. And then when you die, you wind up back at the castle magically and the king is like, hey man, you should not have died. That is not cool. Okay. But they take half your money. So I'm like, who's taking half your money? Like, is it, 
is it the is it the enemy that defeats you that took half your money? Why wouldn't he take all of it? Or is it the, the king enemy, that's like, look, here's the price you pay no, for it's dying? The, what happens is, is it's uh, imagine it's like Friday, the movie. Yeah. When Debo knocks out, what's his name? <laughs> and he takes his Red. necklace. Red, yeah. And he takes his necklace and his money. That's exactly what happens is when you're fighting this monster. But why didn't he take you, all of it? And then it that's t- my point. He doesn't because take you had half in one pocket and half in the okay, other pocket. Okay, he didn't have time the to check pocket. both. He was, yeah, he was, he just checked the one pocket. He's like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> he doesn't have time to run both your pockets. Or you keep some of the gold in your boot. Maybe. Yeah, he perhaps. Didn't, okay. I didn't check his boot. But anyway, so yes, it's, it, one of the things I really like about this game is there are maps, right, and guides. And there's a lot of information. And nowadays, all this stuff is available online. So if you want to go find a map or you want to find out how many hit points an enemy has or what their weakness might be or whatever it is, great. But like back in the day... This was like a big open book. It was very weird. And it was like the first time I'd ever played a game like this. I played this before I played Final Fantasy. So like this was kind of my gateway to Final Fantasy. And I understood how Final Fantasy worked because of Dragon Warrior, right? Which is kind of exactly what Nintendo was going for, by the way. And, and we'll get into that. But but yeah, so this game, we'll get a little into the background and development. This game was developed by Enix. And they are now part of Square Enix. So Square and Enix, or Enix, or however you want to say it. I say Enix, but you can say Enix, I don't know. Square Enix, uh, you know, Square is the people behind Final Fantasy and Valkyrie Profile, and Enix has done, you know, the Dragon Quest series forever and uh, a number of other things. But but th- this literally was one of the first uh, console RPGs ever, right? So the, the creator of the game really wanted to kind of, like, take that pen and paper Advanced Dungeons & Dragons type thing and turn it into a, a, a console game, but not make it, like, I don't know, a really, really, you know, it's funny because I believe I read he didn't want it to be really, really difficult with a lot of fighting and this and that. And I'm like, yeah, but man, that's what you get. Yeah. There's a lot of it to level up. But anyway, so, uh, but yeah, this is, this was the first, you know, we should probably also state, you know, there, there are four Dragon Warriors on NES. There's one, two, three, and four. Yeah. And uh, this series is actually called Dragon Quest in Japan, right? They didn't call it Dragon Quest in the U.S. It was renamed because there was a uh, potential copyright infringement with a pen and paper RPG called Dragon Quest. But oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so that that was actually owned by the Wizards of the Coast. Eventually, I don't know if they they I don't think they started it, but eventually they owned the IP and then they let the trademark lapse and abandon it, and then Square Enix registered it. So then from two thousand three, Square on, Enix was probably like sitting there watching it. Oh, like, for sure, this trademark's about to. Yeah, expire. no, there's no. It's like they they literally was. I'm sure, like okay, as soon as this thing's gone, we're buying this up because you couldn't call it Dragon Quest in the U.S. because of that. But that's why now subsequent things get you know sold as Dragon Quest in the U.S. because you can. And that's even a lot of things you look up, like just when we, uh, just doing some of the research when I was Googling it, a lot of things, even though you type in Dragon Warrior on the old Googles, yep, it's still, a lot of it comes up Dragon Quest. It absolutely does. And that's because that's how the rest of the world and, and Japan, where this game was easily more popular, uh, knows it, right? Yeah. So, hold on, I'm, I'm folding one of the maps here, so, and it's, this one sucks because it's ripped. Yeah. Damn it, there. Okay. It's an old map. It's an old piece of paper, man. So... Yeah, the creator of this game was Yuji Hori. And Yuji Hori was really, like, if you look, he's, like, in his, I think, mid to late 60s now. And this guy has been involved in the entire Dragon Quest series, of which there's been 11. There's been Dragon Quest makers. It's a big, it's a huge, huge uh, franchise in Japan. Like, you can buy Dragon Quest-themed 3DSs, like Metal Slime ones and that type of stuff. The things you don't, the things that nerds over here want that they can't get because they're only available in Japan because these games just haven't done quite as well in the U.S. And and we'll get to that, too. But yeah, yeah, basically, like, Yuji Hori got into 
video game design after entering a contest that was sponsored by Enix for programming. And he created this, uh, I forget what the game was. It was like a tennis game. Tennis Love or something was what the game was called. Right. And and he wanted like placing in this contest and then was like, you know what, that's what I want to do. I want to I do that. So um, he wound up, you know, like I said, besides being involved in Dragon Quest, he was also uh, one of the, part of the dream team that helped create Chrono Trigger. Um, you know, and uh, you know, if you've ever heard of that, <laughs> I think most people here listening to this would have would Chrono have. Trigger. Yes, it's this. Never heard of it. It's a very nice game. It's very popular. Um, but uh, yes, he did not to cut you off, but I'm yeah. going to cut you off. Um, he actually uh, did love match tennis. Mm-hmm. I think that's what you said. Yeah, love. I forget what it was called. So but it was a yeah. tennis video game motivating him to become a video game designer. Yep, that's true. And he also created the Portopia Serial Murder Case, which was. An adventure game that <laughs> relied on clues, exploration, interaction, and puzzle solving. Hmm, interesting. But the, the most interesting part about that to me was that was the game that inspired Hideo Kojima to get involved in the video game industry. So the guy behind Metal, Metal Gear, Gear, the whole Metal Gear franchise, the, the who, you know, I, I a great deal of respect for that guy's work and his, his artistic vision and all that stuff. It's very interesting to think that Yuji Hori was the influence to him getting involved. You know, so I just thought that was... That is, that's crazy. Um, the artist for the game was Akira Toriyama, and again, he was, I mean, <laughs> he was also involved in Chrono Trigger, but guess what? That Chrono Trigger art looks it very familiar Dragon because Ball. it's Dragon Ball art, yes. right? Yep. So, and and then uh, this was, the, I think this was to me the most interesting thing. When I do these notes and do research on games, you always find interesting things, but this was by far the most interesting thing to me. The person did the music is Kuichi Sugiyama. He's a very famous Japanese composer. Okay, I don't know that. I'm not big on Japanese composition well, you artists. Do now. I do now. But he wrote a letter to Enix about a shogi game, which is like a Japanese chess game, and he was that he loved. Like he basically like a, wrote like a fan letter, right? And they got back to him and they were like, "Hey man, we can't believe that you like our game. You know, this guy's super famous and he's writing them a letter. He's like, "You want to, you know, come help us out with some stuff?" <laughs> so, he did. <laughs> anyway, it was pretty interesting. Another thing that I found interesting about that was he used like a classical type of arrangement, right, for the music, yep. and that was kind of a a new thing at the time. That was, I think, perceived as revolutionary, and it definitely, uh, I think, added to the charm of the game, if you ask me. So I thought that was pretty neat. There's not a lot of music in this game. There's basically like, I mean, I'm going to under understate this, but there's like three songs, and then like if you go into a dungeon, it plays the same song, but slower. And then you go to a lower oh, yeah, level and it plays that. it slower. So like you'll get to the second level and it's a little slower version of the first level of music. And you go to the third and it's a little slower version of the second level. It's just funny. So that is funny. But uh, but yeah. So anyway. And he was actually listed as a, a huge inspiration for other Japanese music composers. Oh, I'm the sure. Game music composers. Yeah, so he was he, like a huge. Even with that, he still was huge for he, them. He's 90 years old now. The guy's still alive. And he's 90. Like it's like, wow, man. Like. He was in his 50s when he wrote that letter then. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it had to have been in the 80s when he wrote the letter to them. That was yeah. 40 years ago. So he's in his probably early, late 40s, early 50s. He's writing fan letters. That's cool. I thought it was neat. Well, I guess I don't feel bad writing fan letters now because I'm no. in my early 40s. Exactly. So. Screw it, man. So I do it. years to go. So, yeah, tell me, tell me a little bit about uh, some of the changes. Like, between the Dragon Quest version and the U.S. version, because they can't be the same. Well, the U.S. version, um, it did have a lot of changes. Uh, one of the big things was it um, it saved do with, via the battery backup as opposed to a password I, save. I, like, I, that was uh, almost like Zelda. And right. I'm trying to think of who else had battery backups. You'd know. Metroid. Yeah, Metroid. I forgot about that one. They so. didn't. Haha, <laughs> got you. Burn. Oh. 
That Metroid never. Oh had yeah, a that's right. Back. It was all password. It was the they were all password. It was actually the opposite because Metroid on the Famicom Disk System you could save it to the disk, whereas on the Nintendo cartridge they had not developed the technology based. yet, and it was yeah. all pat- password based. So anyway, but no, so but yeah, like, it was battery backup. I I can't imagine like playing this game and having to write down a password every time you're done. Like I'm so glad that they figured out a way to save that thing too. So like you just have like a. As like long as novel of notes, as long as it's a short password, not like a a, a freaking Metroid password. Where oh, it's like how like, many? It'd, you it'd know, for sure, be like it'd be ridiculous. It'd be that twenty-four like characters. Mike Tyson's Punch Out password. Yeah, that's not that long. That's like what ten? It's not twenty-four. Oh yeah, I guess Metroid was longer. It was like yeah, because what's Justin Bailey? That's twelve, right? And yeah. then times two is twenty-four. Yeah, so that's a long. And they always use like, well, is it an I or is it an L? Is it a lowercase L? That was or the is worst it a, on the I hated games. it. Is, is like, it an O or a is zero? It an o or zero. Anyway, I remember I remember drawing zeros with a dot in the middle, so I would know it was a zero. Oh yeah, and I was like, oh yeah. But go ahead. So, um, it did have some graphical enhancements on it. It definitely looked better. Like you could tell yeah. because we'll get into when this game. Like I guess we could talk about it right now. That you know this game came out in Japan in '86, right? But yeah. it wasn't ported to. Uh, the North America in English until 89. Yeah. So like there were definitely like between those three years, they figured out how to, you know, make things look a little bit better, be more capable with the hardware, you know, that type of stuff. So yeah. you could just tell like looking at the Dragon Quest version versus the Dragon Warrior version, it looks nicer. Looks if you, substantially if you ask me. better. Yeah. And then the dialogue, obviously <laughs> the story is a little different. Yeah. They, they, they took on the like old English style of, of the lot thy and thou and all that stuff. And Ye old. That, yeah, yeah, it was just interesting. Yield pube. So it was just interesting that like they like I always think like okay well what was the story about in Japan then like how did they I don't I don't know I never really got into that far with them I'm interested now I got to find out but it's just weird to think that Dragon Warrior wasn't some like game set in medieval times or something <laughs> it's always been that to me yeah you would think it was I mean you're yeah. a knight and you're chasing a wizard and a dragon lord yeah. <laughs> I don't know just a thought just the thought that the dragon yeah. lord might have something to do with I don't know King Arthur you ever heard of him. No. And he's this dead guy. Oh. Well, anyway. <laughs> the game was, uh, and you you can probably speak a little bit to this because we were talking about it earlier, but yeah. the game was given away uh, with subscriptions in the Nintendo Power. It, so it was basically the game was free with a subscription, and it seemed to be the the go-to thing to appease upset customers too. Yeah, so like basically what happened is this. This game crushed in Japan. People loved it. They wanted it. They could not get enough of it. Brought it over to the U.S., dud, right? You And I think that at this point, Nintendo of America was still trying to figure out what kids wanted. We're still coming out of the malaise of the crash, right? Things are getting better. There, there's Nintendos all over now. It's 89. But they've introduced this style of game now that people really are like, we've never played over here, right? And it didn't sell very well. And I'll tell you, I watched a commercial for this game that they put on TV, and I'm like, I can see why. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, it's if, like if you look at the grand scheme of the game at that time, right? You were going up against like Super Mario Brothers. Well, Super Mario Brothers two, or, yeah. or Mega Man two, or like a lot of platforming games, a lot of sports games, like base bases loaded bases. You know, but you're going stars. at stuff. You go from A to B or left to right. Where this one, right. you're going up and down, left and right. And, you might have to do a weird pattern. And there's Zelda, but Zelda's, it's not linear, but at least you're like, okay, I got to go to Castle 1, then 2, then yeah. 3, or level, you know, Dungeon 1, 2, 3. This was just this map where it's like, kind of go wherever, man. And like, okay, don't go too far. Don't go from this this square to the next one, because you go one square up, 
those enemies are going to fucking eat your lunch. You know yeah. what I mean? So you just kind of had to learn like where it was safe to do this and that and, and all that stuff. But but it, the game bombed is the point, right? So yeah. the game bombs, and now it's in Nintendo of America sitting on a lot <laughs> of of Dragon Warrior cartridges that you know uh, vendors are not buying, nobody's buying. You know the KBs they're they're not they're not buying any of these things. They're just sitting there. So they came up with the idea that they would give the game away to subscribers of Nintendo Power. And I thought it was very interesting. Like, I read an article about what that actually took for them to do in, like, the seven days of hell that they went through to, like, send this out. to Like, Nintendo Power was literally one of the most subscribed to magazines in the U.S. at that time. So sending it off to these millions of people, right? And, like, and then the logistics of, of not only sending off this offer, but also fulfilling the offer. It was it was a big ordeal. It was very interesting. So, oh, yeah. um, but, but ultimately... The, the part that I found interesting is the original game, right, came with just a, 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 a standard NES manual, like your standard, like, little two by three or whatever size that is, three by four style. And that's what manual. we were talking about before the right. show. Right. But then, like, what they did was Nintendo was like, look, Western gamers have never really experienced a game like this. They don't know much about it. Plus, I think sometimes they think we're dumb. Okay. So they gave us a lot of stuff, right? They gave us an Explorer's Handbook, which was uh, much more involved than the manual. They gave us a poster, which was also a, uh, a guide about the monsters. Or what was it called here? I think I had it written down. I should look at my notes instead of just going off the top of my head Dude, here. This thing is 64 pages. Yeah, it's no joke. I mean, it's the 60, page 64 is the index. Yeah. Still, 63 pages. So, yeah, the Explorer's Handbook. There was an overworld map with a monster identification chart so you could look at what the monster was, how many hit points it had, well, you know, kind of that type of stuff. The overworld map is very cool. Like, the overworld map is a very cool-looking thing because I just, I can see it. Like, I can see all yeah. the areas, and I can see the swamp, and I can see the the location of the rainbow thing, whatever. It's cool. And then you have a dungeon map with a, the poster. So the back side is a poster that shows the, like, Dragon Warrior logo. That's this one here, right? Yep. And then, and then the other side is, is the dungeon map. So all the dungeons you go in, it kind of shows you how to navigate them because... <laughs> If you didn't have that in some places, I don't know how you'd get anywhere. It's tough. Um, and then you have uh, this adventure guide, which is neat. It's kind of like a little laminate one page that's two-sided, and it shows you, like, what levels, at you know, what hit, what do you get at what level? Like, how many experience points does it take? How many max hit points do you get? What happens? Where should It's kind of like a guide to just kind of tell you where you should be and what you should be doing based on the level you're at. And if you get a new spell or, you know, what your goal should be. Although there is an error in this somewhere. I believe uh, once you traverse to, I don't remember what level it is, but the, the math is wrong. It, it, they added not enough uh, experience. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to get to the next one. And I, I didn't for like another hundred and then it never got straight or whatever, a thousand, I think. And it's cool, too, because even in the guide it actually yeah. shows you like what your cost is and what, what cities have what you. yep yep what cities have what so there are shops you can go buy armor you can go buy weapons you can buy keys all those things that you're going to need to like open doors or defeat enemies faster or you know a shield like with like a nice shield so you get an idea of where those things are how much they cost and 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 what kind of damage they do or what kind of damage they consist in or whatever it is so um but yeah there was also a letter from gail tilden that just said congratulations you know thank you for subscribing we're going to give you this free game i printed off a copy there for dear power brain <laughs> dear power brain which i thought was one of the weirdest uh like uh you know <laughs> intros to a letter dear dear power brain it says get ready to embark on one of the greatest adventures of all time dear dad i rarely <laughs> drive steamboats <laughs> anyway no okay 
But anyway, so it's just interesting stuff, and that like, but like the original copy did not come with any of that stuff. And then when they decided to give it away, they tried to kind of guide like the North American audience and, and game player to say, here's here's some things that will help guide you along. And it would. I'm honestly, yeah. I sat down and grinded this game out for the show, and I had that little adventure guide sitting next to me the whole time because it's just like a little laminate one page that I can look at and go, okay. I'm going to get to this level at this XP. Once I get there, I'm going to get this spell. And this is kind of the area I should be in, you know? So, One step closer to the Dragon Lord. That's, that's right. The good old Dragon Lord. The cool thing, too, is if you look at the map, and I'm sure I'm jumping ahead, but if you look at the map, it's straight up like it's Zelda 2. Like Zelda 2, is, that's Dragon Warrior. Very similar. Yeah. Like the overworld map. I mean, the maps aren't the same, but the look, like the look and feel. The eight-bit graphic Nintendo yeah. look, but the you know you got the your little icon and you've yep. got like the overtop view and you've got the weird pine trees for the forest, like it's the light. you can tell that you're blocked by these mountains. You can tell yeah. that you can go through. Yeah, absolutely. So, so let, I know we just talked a little bit about the reception, but I want to get into a little further. It says this game sold 1.5 to 2 million copies. I'm gonna guess 90 percent of those it, were, were in Japan. Okay, because that was the first thing I was going to ask. I'm like, so is the 1.5 to 2 million here, there, or is it the are they incorporating the giveaways for Nintendo it's, Power? It's interesting. I don't know if they do or not, but I'm going to tell you this is a very common game. But I just I do wonder like how many of those were actually sold. Anyway, I, I that was the thing. I, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, I know the people actually. Buy? I know I did not buy a copy. I know I had a copy, and I know I had a friend who had a copy, and neither of us purchased it. You know, like people always laugh at like uh, nobody ever bought Top Gun for the NES. Like everybody had Top Gun, but nobody bought it, right? You couldn't find anybody who was yeah. like, oh, "I bought that game," but everybody I knew had it. Dragon Warrior. There's a reason. Like, yeah, like everybody had it because they gave it to you, which I think is great. I feel like that was I was looking at it. I'm like, I had Dragon Warrior, but I don't remember getting it for free. But I don't remember buying it. Yeah, it probably just showed up in the mail one day. It might have. Maybe they just got to the point. They were like, "Oh, screw it. If you have a Nintendo Power, we're just gonna send you one too." Yep. Everybody, everybody gets it. So I, I you get a dragon warrior. You <laughs> get a dragon warrior. All y'all, all y'all bitches warrior. get dragon warrior. <laughs> Enough of all that. <laughs> Enough with all that. It's time to get to this important new segment that we've concocted. A new segment. The LJN game rating. Nice. It's a tentative name. I'm gonna see if it sticks. Okay. Right. But basically, we take five celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I got the same paper <clears throat> you have, that, right? Yeah, let me say that again. We take five celebrities in the video game collecting world. So I'm I'm in the, I'm re, I have the same paper you do, correct? That's correct. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Go ahead. And we ask them their opinion of the game. Now, two of those people are you and me, so that should tell you the level of celebrity we're talking about. None. We're pretty low on this it's, poll. It doesn't the, register. No, I mean, there's no, there's none. It's zero. Okay. But our friends, Eight uh, Bit Supremacy and Retro Game Enthusiast and Sashimi Z. Those guys are. A little those bit guys more, are. Those guys have some. Cool. They're a little bit more well known. You know. Pull. Yeah, you know they they, they you know so, but we we basically what we did is we decided we were going to take a personal opinion of of this game, a little short blurb, with a rating of a five from increments of one point to five, kind of like the old Game Pro game rating scale, right? And then just kind of give each you know a, a personal opinion, and at the end we total it up, and we give like an aggregate score. So it'll be out of twenty five, we'll have an aggregate score of it. Which in this case, you know, we're gonna have to do some math real quick because I don't know what that is. I'm kidding. I know what it is. Oh, okay. I was no. gonna say you're pretty good with math. I got sometimes. it. I got it. Okay. okay. So let, let, why don't you do the first couple, then I'll wrap it up. Okay, that works. So Eight uh, Bit Supremacy, of course, did his score first. We're going alphabetically. Yep. Good old Robbie. Um. So he gave it a two point oh. 
and his uh, review, and I quote, I've never played it long enough to give it a substan- give a substantial review. I was too bored when I tried and moved on quickly to something else. Fair. 2.0. Fair. So, If this um, is not your style of game, yeah, then I can see why you might get bored pretty quickly. I'm going to guess it's not his style of game. It's uh, based on what I know it is not. Okay. Well, I'm, that is, I'm guessing by the that review. That is him telling me that it is not. Yeah, I'm guessing by the review. So. <laughs> That's how I know. All right. All right. And then your, your own. Mine, mine's next, so Notorious J-A-Y. This is our Instagram handles. Is uh, my, Mine is, and I quote, I gave it a 2.5. Uh, truly a classic RPG. Well, the true original. A grinder for sure. Just keep getting more gold and more and more and more. That is correct. All right. On, on to, uh, on, on to the, the, the famous people now. Back well, to and, the famous people. Yeah, and me. So this my own review of it is, if you enjoy JRPGs and character building, go for it. Definitely dated, but quaint. Especially if you enjoy character building and random encounters. Because there's a lot of both. I know I said character building twice there. But that is what you need to do to be successful in this game. There's a lot of random encounters where you are just literally for hours at a time running around looking for things that you can defeat to fight to get get gold to get more powerful or to get experience to gain levels become more powerful. So yeah, and okay. then I was kind of concerned I gave it a about three point I was kind of concerned about that because you said random encounters and we're in the age of random dating hookup apps. Well, it's not that kind of encounter. Okay, I just want to make sure we're still on the video game thing. I'm, I'm out here slaying metal slimes. Okay, all right, all right. So, Carry retro, on. retro game enthusiast, our friend John, said, gave it a 3.0 as well. Said worth a playthrough for those diehard JRPG fans. Everyone else should pick up at Dragon Warrior Three. That's a it's pretty a good game. Argument. Yeah, I, I like two though. I do say like you go from one to two, they 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 bleed right into each other. So I wouldn't necessarily skip two. Plus two is way less expensive than three or four at this point. If you want to buy them, <laughs> they're not like the first one is pretty cheap. The other three, not so much. All right, and then Sashimi, and our last review, our last review from our guest reviewer. Yeah, Sashimi Z says 1.0 RPGs suck the big one. Get bent, nerd. It's pretty harsh. It is. Who uh, who's the nerd? Us. Uh, I guess whoever is playing this game or rating it higher than 1.0, so yeah. Okay. Get bent, nerd. All right. I mean, maybe he's talking to us in general because we're the, on the podcast, which is, is fair. That could be. So anyway, that gives us an aggregate, aggregate score of 11.5 out of 25. Not, not, not great, but I think probably correct. <laughs> yeah. I'd put it in that 2.5 to 3 range because... Probably pretty accurate. The game itself is a total... You know, it's a grind. That's all there is to it. it. Like is. If you keep it's, saying that word, I'm going to say it again later. It is a grind. So, yeah. All right. So, I'm going to talk a little bit about what its actual perception was at the time a reception was. Let's start with that over. So, and keep in mind the reviews that the, L, the LJN game rating, we do need to talk about that since this is new. These are all current reviews. Yes. So, this is if you were to sit down and play it today. Yes. Take away, I probably should put it in there at the beginning, but you, you take away. You know, how you felt about the game back then and what you think about it now. It really should be based on what you think about it now. Yeah. Right? We're trying to get an idea of, of current status. So, all right, enough of all that crap. That was dumb. It wasn't that dumb. It was pretty good. It's all right. I liked it. I, I liked it, too. I liked it. We got some wrap snacks. <laughs> yeah, we got wrap snacks. We got, we got some Cardi B chips over here. Killing Delicious. it out here. So, yeah, now I want to kind of go over the reception um, as it relates to things like Nintendo Power and Top 100 lists and all that stuff. So why don't you kick us off 
uh, and do a few of these, and then I'll uh, I'll come up and finish it up. Word, we can do that. So uh, Nintendo Power hundredth issue in September of ninety seven gave it. Uh, they ranked the top one hundred games of yes. all time, and it was. It was uh, not ranked. Correct. So wasn't even in the top hundred. No. So apparently our our reviews nowadays are pretty close to what it was. In yeah, I think we're, we're we're in the ballpark. Although Dragon Warrior Four did register at number eighty three. It did. So I guess maybe John was onto something here. Yeah. So he's always on um, something around to something. <laughs> so the Nintendo Power 200th issue in February of 06 for the 200 best games on the Nintendo consoles uh, actually got a 140. I thought that was interesting. I didn't think it would register, but it did. So, it, so. it registered higher than I expected if it couldn't even break the top 100. Yeah. In and this is uh, on all Nintendo consoles in 2006, which up to that point was the GameCube. That was right before the Wii came out. So that seems like kind of a stretch. I feel like 40? it was. Yeah, I could see it. It was pioneer, man. Like people, you get a lot of you get a lot of street cred because you started the thing, yeah. right? So yeah, I could see that. So, All right, and then the Nintendo Power. So, and I guess this is where I jump back. Well, uh, the Nintendo Power twentieth anniversary. Um, that was issue number two thirty one in August of 08. Um, that one gave it no ranking. Right, but this was the top twenty best NES games of all time. So in this issue, yes. they said, we're going to do the top 20 of each console, right? And in the, the NES, it was not ranked. It was not within the top 20, which it's I think probably is... probably pretty realistic. That's, that's fair. And yeah. again, Dragon Warrior 4 shows up at 18, which again... Which is impressive. Yeah, it's impressive. But I, I don't think that the original Dragon Warrior should probably reside on that list. I agree. No. Not in the top 20 Nintendo games of all time. So Game Informer Top 100 in 01 actually gave it a ranking of 37. Yeah. Which I was surprised. I'm kind of impressed too. But then, but then, eight years later, yeah, Game Informer <laughs> Top 200 in 09 gave it no ranking. Yeah, so a lot of games came out in those eight years. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, it, it so dropped it at least 167 down. spots, yeah. 163 spots. Yeah. So well, you take them when you can get them, I guess. So yep. they, they got to win in 01. So um, IGN uh, Top 100 Games. Uh, video games of all time, I'm sorry, in 2018, again, we're going to get no ranking. Same as 19. Yes. So they did a list again. I always think that's interesting. They did another list the next year later. Same same outcome here for this game, but it's like, did you really need to redo the whole thing a whole just one year later? Like, I wow. guess I'd be interested to look at those, like sit down and the actually disparity. look at them and see yeah. like, what the difference is. Yep. Like, where do you go from, you know, Super Mario Brothers was 37 and 18, but ah, we're down to 96. Yeah, that was that was last year, man. Yeah. Why are you talking about old stuff? Yeah. All right, so the time top 50 games of all time, I think we can all assume that this game was not ranked. It was not. Get out of here. And then Polygon's best 500 games of all time from 2017 ranked at number 91. I thought that was very interesting. I actually put in here the blurb, and it says, quote, Dragon Warrior was the template from which nearly every Japanese role-playing game drew inspiration. From the point of view to the turn-based combat to the story stretching over multiple games, Dragon Warrior did it first. Though the game itself never proved a hit in the West, Dragon Warrior's influence still stretches to games today. True. It really does. I mean, that's, it does. you can pretty much say the foundation for just about every RPG game is Dragon Warrior. Now, this does say best games of all time and not most influential games of all time, so I kind of go... Is it better than some of the other games that could have? But whatever. It's cool. Not my list. I didn't make it. It's cool. Whatever. Yeah. Either way. All right. So with all that said, let's talk a little bit about personal experience, legacy, those kind of things. Tell me, you know, you, you wrote your little blurb. You yeah. know, and I wrote mine. Yeah. Elaborate. So it, 
And I know we talked about the gold piece where you get to a point, you plateau with the gold and you just don't need it anymore. But it's literally, you're just spending the time. You go out and you fight and you earn gold and you buy stuff. And then you go back to the castle and heal yourself and go back out and earn more gold. It's literally, it's it's XP, like yeah. you're, yeah. And it's like you're got to go to work and you go to work and work for eight hours and then you come back and you're going to go ahead and eat some pizza and take a nap. And then I, you go back to work. That's kind of, I mean, that's. I look almost at it almost it like a trade, right? Like, I'll, I'll say this it, it is the original Grindfest. Like, this game, it, like, there were times, and I'm not even kidding, where I was sitting on my couch with my NES Advantage playing this game because it's just the easiest way to play it, right? And I would be half asleep. I would be playing by sound half the time, sometimes, because it was like, it's so monotonous at times. You're like, I've got to get to level 17 before I can go to whatever that area is. I can't, you know, whatever it is. And I, like you're at level 14, you're like, oh my God, how many fucking wyverns do I have to kill or how many stupid wolf lords or whatever, you know, like, and it just becomes this long drawn out thing. So I can see why somebody was not interested in that. And I get it. It's not, sometimes it's not super intriguing or interesting, but I look at it almost like a trade where you're like, you start off as a carpenter. Maybe you're not a very good carpenter. Right. You're not super good at cutting. Your edges suck. You know, I can't build a deck. But the longer you do it, and the more you do it, the better you become. You become this like master carpenter. It's like this game where it's like the more you go out there and the more stuff that you kill, the more powerful you become. You get to buy better weapons. You know, you're a better carpenter. You can buy better tools. You know, you, you like you learn the nuance of your of your trade. It's kind of like that, you know, like but not everybody wants to be a carpenter. <laughs> I mean, so yeah. hey, you just you just kind of go, is this worth it? And I wanted to beat the game just to kind of go through it again to reacclimate myself with it before we talked about it. And I'm glad I did. But golly, man, I know why I don't play it very often. I, it did you just, get, so from the carpenter analogy, did you get to like halfway through it and you're just like, I could just like call somebody and yeah, have I've already them just bought do the this wood. for me. Yeah, I can. <laughs> why am I doing this? I can find some day laborers to come out and assemble <laughs> this thing. My my brother knows how to do this better than I do. Yeah, but no, certainly I I I appreciate your point, but yeah. So no, I I I did grind my way all the way through the game and defeated the dragon lord, and I will not create too many spoilers for what is now a thirty five to thirty two to thirty five year old game. Yeah, well, but I did beat the game. I I I wound up getting all the way up to level twenty six. Um, which is a ways. And then I inspired our friend Retro Bobby, who told me we were going to do this game. And he said, I have a level 29 character on my cartridge. If it's still there, I might go grind it up to level 30. So he did. <laughs> and he actually posted and mentioned us on the post that he was like, oh, nice. Getting. So he had like a few thousand XP to go. And at that point, you can just go destroy whatever the hell you want. It's pretty easy. You're never really in peril of dying. And it's pretty yeah. great. So. Um, but yeah, you do kind of become overpowered if you do it the right way. And and uh, it's, it's pretty nice. So, so um, yeah. there is one thing I'm going to kind of jump on over you on this one. There's one thing I didn't know until we talked about it tonight. And I'm kind of kind of pissed about it. Like I thought you had to. Yeah. But you don't. And uh, spoiler alert, just let everybody know. Yeah. Turn the radio yeah, down. Turn your radio down for the next minute if you don't want to yeah. hear this. So I didn't know that you didn't need to save the princess. It is true. But I know when you save her, you're all excited. And you're like, it's, man, I got the game. It's done. It's, Take this broad back and I'm done. It's an ancillary part of the game where if you don't do it, it changes like one line of text in the whole game. Thou shall must. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. No, she, the weird part about it is you rescue her. You go back right in front of her dad and she says, do you love me? <laughs> Bitch, I just met you. What do you mean? Do I love you? <clears throat> of course I said yes. Cause your dad's here, but I don't really, I don't know you. I don't know much about you, Gwaylin. I mean, you're a princess. It'd be cool to be like, 
you know, a prince, like marry into some of this shit, you know, like whatever. But no, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know you well enough to, dic- to determine whether I love you or not. And don't ask me in front of your dad. That's weird, right? But anyway, yeah, you do not have to save the princess. So there's a dungeon that you have to go through. I believe it's on your way to Cole, right? And yeah. if you go straight down to the left, you just encounter random enemies and then you can leave through the stairs. If you go off to the right and deviate, there's one particular square where, like, if you go into that block, you'll fight the green dragon. You fight the green dragon and defeat him, you get the princess. If you don't, nobody cares. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You never see that the green dragon is not the ma- not on the map. You'd not you would never know that you had to fight this thing. It does. Yeah. It's just randomly there, right? It's kind of like the the axe knight, same thing. Although the axe knight reappears. So, like, one of the things you can do to grind late is you can go to uh, what is the name of the town? Hold on, I'm going to look it up here real quick. The you can go to oh Hawkness. Hawkness is the old area where like the town was overrun by monsters and this and that. But the Axe Knight lives there, and that is where you find, I believe it's Erdrick's armor. Or no. Erdrick's sword. Whatever. One of the things. Whatever I don't remember. Erdrick's uh, thing. I think that was in here. Actually. Whatever. Look it up. Well, but anyway, like, you can continually fight the Axe Knight and grind him. So like if you beat him, you can move one square to the left, then go one square back to the right, and he's there again. You can't do that with the green dragon that you, you defeat to save the princess, which you do not even have to do. And it is weird, too, because you, like, carry her, and then you float yeah. back. She, like, floats you back, and she gives you, like, Gwalen's love, which all it does is tell you how much experience you need to get to the next level. It's kind of annoying. Like, you have it in your inventory, and, like, I don't need this. I, I have limited space to keep things. I need keys and, and uh, you know, or, or, or uh, herbs or whatever. I do not need your love with me. I barely know you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I it's digress. like old Greg. Do you love me? Yeah. Do you love me? Anyway, so uh, it was it's it's Erdrich's armor. Okay, it's the armor. That's what I thought. Erdrich's or Erdrich. So Erdrich's armor is what you can use. Like it 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 cuts your damage way down, but it also allows you to not be affected by field stuff. So you can't get hurt by the 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 swamp or the you know the whatever. Like the elemental things don't hurt you as you walk through the through the areas. Um, Okay, so yes, I I played this game as a kid. I remember being enamored with it. I was not much into this type of game at the time, but I did really enjoy it. I found the character building interesting. I found the spell stuff interesting. Uh, it was this management thing where, like, there was a sufficiency thing that it sets off with me where I'm like, okay, I'm going to find the best area at this level to be the fastest at leveling up or getting gold or whatever my goal is at that time, right? So it kind of pushed all those efficiency buttons for me that I really liked. Plus, the story, the story is very lame. But as the game's progressed the the stories got better and i do like jrpgs a lot of the times for the story right yeah so um what else you got um that was really all i had with that was just as far as the princess goes have you ever beat this game i have when i was younger i have not beat it in current time and i remember it took it it takes a long time and it is so weird because there are clues without the game you talk to like npcs in the game like all these characters and they'll say Okay, go four spots south of this, uh, you know, this bath, and then you search there, and then you find this, you know, whatever it is. Like some of the stuff is so esoteric that without this book, I would have no idea. Like I, it, I wouldn't, I don't think it, my mind would have been like, okay, well now I have to go this many paces down and this many paces over and look in this swamp for this for this uh, sword or whatever that is. You know what I mean? It's like, it's craziness <clears throat> or token or whatever it is that's there. That's and and i say it takes it took forever it was one of those we played it for a while and got burnt out on it and went yeah. to like hey super mario brothers you know, 2 is pretty sweet let's you, play let's that. play level of Mega Man. i'm gonna go fight the uh, so, woodman i hate that guy woodman but, sucks but thou must that's what the princess says but thou must but thou must so let's talk a little bit about the collecting of this game oh yeah we can this is an that. interesting one okay 
because really there are two primary versions of this game. And we talk about box variants. So the NES you know, library has been very well vetted out by collectors at this point. And a lot of people know a lot. Of, and they're still discovering things. But in general, a lot of that stuff has been determined. And basically what we, we, I mean, we, they, <laughs> I'm, I'm reiterating other people's work here. I didn't do this myself. There are two different versions of the box, right? So the first print of the box on the back, it, there's a, there's a, there's a cell that says, you know, you defeated a slime or a slime hits you and, and, and has your, your, your hit points have been decreased by one. And then the second print or what is also the promo box is the one that the, it has been decreased by two. Very easy way to remember one is first print, two is two. I'll be darned. You got a first print and a second print I, I right have here. Both right here. And it says, it's funny because it says one and then it says the slime attacks. The hit points decrease by two. Command question mark. Right. On, that's on the second print. Right. Or the promo one. Yes. Yep. The first pressed one says two. The slime attacks. The hit decreased by one. Command question mark. Right. It's just a, it's just a, like, like I said, these are the kind of things that NES collectors have discovered over the years now that like, you know, uh, the, but the, what what I think is funny is there really is no difference between the two. Like when you go and talk about like Super Mario, there's like 22 different versions of it, and you can tell the first ones have a, a you know a matte sticker or a shiny sticker, or a glossy sticker, or whatever, versus no sticker, versus a TM, versus an R, versus whatever. These are not that intricate, and they're not that interesting. So like, there's no right now, and this could change in the in the weirdness that is this market and, and people becoming more uh, granular. But there's no difference between a first and a second print version of this box Other from a value perspective. One, oh, okay. Yeah, from a value and collecting perspective. Now, I like having both because there's two, but I don't really care. They're common, and it was easy to get, but it's not something that I would have gone and like hunted out because I'm sure I had the promo version growing up. Which you know is I mean? funny with these because if you think about it, how was that discovered? Because if you look at it, do you think there was like two like 10-year-old kids? No, I think around and they're like, yeah, man, I was looking at the back of it. It says my points are decreased by two. And his, his buddy was like, no, dude, no. mine says one. It's when those 10 year old kids became 33 year old adults that had like friends that also collected and said, hey, my box says this. And they're like, no, but my box says this. And they're like, well, what, what, what date code does your cartridge have? Well, it has this date code. Well, this obviously was the one that came. Like, there's a lot of. Um, investigative reporting that goes on to and figure this like, stuff out. Son of a bitch. Now I don't have both. I don't have a complete collection anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, you do. Shut up. Anyway. But yeah, so one of the interesting things too is we talked about all those pieces that that you got, right? So like in both of those boxes when they were sealed, all you got was a manual originally. Yeah. And then when you got the, the thing from the promotion from Nintendo Power, you got the handbook, the overworld map, the dungeon map, the adventure guide, and then the, the letter, right? Yeah. Uh, and and then there have been some discussion there's been some discussion that some of those parts were also included in the box at one point um which I think is interesting I'm not I've never seen it but like I got a copy that had all of it in it but it was a promo copy that I assume it all came together or was assembled by somebody like Frankenstein together yeah. but but I I don't you know I don't think anybody can tell you know from from looking at a box whether it should have had the manual or or whether it would have had all those other things allegedly like i said i don't know any of this this is kind of speculation in the nerd market so and i've never seen somebody open a sealed copy i've never seen nobody anybody open a sealed copy of dragon warrior and pull out the explorer's handbook i've seen them open one and it has just the manual in it yeah. right so who knows anyway contents vary based on version and there is certainly confusion about what was in what oh absolutely so all right so we talked about the versions Tell me a little bit about these games are worth. So um, as far as it's both versions. Yeah. Um, loose 
five to ten bucks. Yeah, it's funny. This game, like a year and a half ago, was a five dollar game, if that. Yeah, and I mean probably five. And then now when I look, it's like ten or eleven dollars. But I think it still sells in the seven dollar range. Just depends. Like I would say, don't spend any more than ten dollars on this game, and you might be able to get it for less. Yeah, yeah, that's so, loose. Um, yeah, that's loose. Uh, complete in box. And I guess that's subject to discussion. And, and I would say, like, most people will consider complete in box, cart, instruction, box. Like, if you're looking for a complete one, like, it doesn't necessarily mean that you need all these things. I would want them if I yeah. could get them. But you, the, the the first run of this game didn't have them. So, so technically, complete it's complete with deemed, just the manual. It would be deemed with the manual, the Nintendo If you sent card, this whatever. game into WADA to get graded, you do not need... All of those things. You just need an instruction book. You need a, a cartridge, and you need the box. Yeah. But but I like having these things. So, but like I said, they may or may 65. not have originally come in. Yeah, so like sixty five bucks. bucks. But that can vary based on everything. So condition sensitive, and whether or not it has these pieces. So you might pay a hundred bucks for one that has all the parts. Yeah. Or you might pay forty bucks for one that's kind of trash with a cruddy manual. So you get some nice boxes here. Yeah, they're all right. Yeah, you know. And then sealed, of course, uh, three to four hundred dollars. Yeah, this seems like it's a pretty common game. Like I got on eBay and saw that there was a copy for sale for three forty nine or best offer. You could tell it wasn't offer in a hundred bucks. Yeah, hold on, that, that's not my best offer, but maybe it's not the best offer they got. It could be my best offer. There you go. But but it doesn't seem like this one is very difficult to find sealed. And it, you know, we'll talk about this, but it also doesn't like. Usually when games are difficult to find sealed in a nice condition, that, that, that means that they're at a premium when they're graded well, right? So why don't you tell me a little bit about that? Um, as far as grading goes, so a first print, um, not Which noted. is not noted on the on the WADA matrix. Like they give yeah, you the, it doesn't uh, say yeah, first it print. It doesn't say like an early production or first run. They, they're starting to do that now because there's one currently on WADA site that, that's set to end on Tuesday. But when this was done, you know, this sold last in April. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't. They didn't uh, specify that then. Okay. So in that one, uh, that one was actually an 8.0. So that was a B plus. Yeah, it's an 8.0 box B plus, B plus yeah. seal. Yeah. Um, that one went for 480. Yeah. And then they had the promo version. Promo version. Wow, I couldn't even say version right. Yeah. Um, 9.4, not a 9.5. 9.4. You can't get that one. Yeah. Told you. I know. Can't be. Uh, a plus. <laughs> Uh, sealed again, eighteen hundred, and that sold like and two weeks prior. Sold, yeah, that one sold April fifth of this year. So that so. gives you a little idea of the disparity in cost of these things. Where you could say, okay, an eight point B is kind of average because you can go buy an uh, a sealed Dragon Warrior right for three or four hundred bucks. Go get it graded for like a hundred bucks or whatever it is right now, and then that's what you're going to wind up getting for it. That's about what it's worth. That's an average copy. Whereas a nine point four A plus, that's a pretty good grade. Right, A plus is the second best seal. Nine point four is what the technically the fourth best grade you can get, but actually is probably more likely the third best from nine point eight six and then four. Yeah. So you know, th this is not a hard game to find sealed. I feel um, it may be a little harder to find in good condition sealed, but it's not. We've seen nine point four A plus games that have gone for five five thousand, you know, five digits, you know, yeah. as opposed to eighteen hundred bucks. So yeah. I just feel like it's a relatively common game that you know. Yeah. yeah, I actually know a guy that has a game that's worth a lot of money and sealed. Yeah, is he an idiot? He is. Yeah, I know. He's, what, what, what are you? What's is he what's, one of the celebrities from the LJ yes, game he is, reviews? He is one of the celebrities. <laughs> he will go unnamed. Yeah, yeah. Not John. 
No, it's not John or no, Robbie. No, no, yeah. It's not Sashimi Z. No. It's not, it's not you. me. No, I don't know who it could be. I'm joking. So, All right. So um, why don't you tell me a little bit about where you can uh, you can play this game? I actually want to backtrack a little bit because we Absolutely missed an Absolutely not. We must move thing. forward. No, we, we actually missed an right, important thing that we normally don't miss. Um, we didn't talk about when the release dates. We I kind of did. Yeah, I kind of did. did, but I just I, I thought we'd get a little specific into it. Just, just button that back. It's up. fine. It's fine. Go ahead. I, I have to. It's fine. It's me. So uh, it did, it, 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 of course, we talked about it a little bit, but Famicom Nintendo uh, did come out in Japan in 86, uh, May 27th of 86, actually, if you want to be specific. Uh, North I America, didn't. You're the one who drives all this. Oh, well. North America it came out in 89. Uh, Europe never got it. I don't know if they never got it. I just didn't put the date in there. The, according to release notes on here, I have <laughs> it. It's not, I have, it's I not have even, a feeling it might have gotten released. Over. You never know. I, I don't actually, know. I Googled it and I didn't see it. So. No, then maybe it isn't. Um, it did come out on a couple earlier, like the PC 9801. Yeah, I'm the NEC gonna, PCs yeah, and I'm stuff. Not all that, no, no, no. So. That's uh, what Famicom, it was originally developed for. Famicom did it again in 93. Uh, Game Boy Color released it in 99 and 2000. So this, that's Famicom. That's a Super Famicom collection yes, of Dragon sorry, Quest Super 1 Famicom, and 2, right? Which a lot of people, like, obviously it's no good to me because it's all in Japanese, right? But it was a very highly regarded collection. People really liked that. On the, and it was like it was updated for Super Famicom. I'd like to see if there's maybe a port or like an uh, IPS patch for that so you can... Somebody did like a fan translation of it maybe. That'd be oh, interesting. I've, I've never that. looked, so yeah. But yes, yeah, so not, came, I bet I might know a guy that might have one. Yeah, you, you never know. You might. Your buddy on the West Coast. Uh, uh, well, no, I was actually thinking John. Oh, yeah. He's more Famicom, although he does have some Super Famicom stuff. He's gotten a lot of stuff recently. He's gonna be. Yeah. He's gonna be. He's got an overflow of riches there. If for, not, though, I bet my buddy on the West Coast does. I might have to check might, into him and might. check him out. Um, what else was I gonna? The Game Boy Color is a uh, remake, and they actually believe the princess's name is Laura because I think yes, that was like was. yeah something like that. So. Yes. Yeah, they changed it to from Gwalin because it was Laura something in the original game, and like they did all that old English style naming and stuff for the U.S. version only. So pip pip cheerio. Yep, and then it came out on iOS uh, sometime in the two thousands. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, iOS and Android, uh, 2013, 2014, 2013 in Japan, fourteen okay. in North America and Europe. So they came out the same time as us. Yep. Okay. And then PS4, Nintendo 3DS. I'm kind of. Saying all the platforms. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna stop and go back to that. So where can I play it, Mike? Actually, I'll say where I can play it. I don't know why I asked you. So you, of course, can play it on the Nintendo. Um, Game Boy Color has a remake of it. The Super Famicom has Dragon Quest One and Two. I'm confused um, why we're doing this. I, Didn't I we just too. do all this because it's fun. Okay. So uh, it is also out on the iOS and Nintendo Switch Online. I didn't say the Nintendo Switch Online. Oh, that's right. We had to get to that. So we so had to do the others I, twice. I yes. see. So there it makes go. perfect sense. Then once you get to the end. Yes. So there we go. So. Oh man. So. You want to get into some speed running? Holy moly! What some an moving in, it. What an interesting thing. Okay, so I'm gonna start with when you say speed running this game, it's kind of an oxymoron because if you speed run this game and just try and play it like normally, it will take. It took the fastest it had been completed was five hours, fifteen minutes, and seven seconds, and that was by a speedrunner named NES Card- Cardinality. Okay, and he beat it at level 18. Now, five minute, five hours, 15 minutes, seven seconds. But what's been discovered about this game through people through like tasks and like reverse engineering a code and whatever, they've determined how you can avoid random encounters in the game. Also, they have determined how you can um, continue to have spells be effective and not have someone wake up from like a sleep spell um, and, and also get excellent 
moves or, or, or hit, you know, attacks on, on, uh, on an enemy. I got so, excellent moves. Yeah, I know you do. You're, you you got moves like Jagger, buddy. Sorry, I had to. But but it's very interesting because I watched I watched the speed run today where NES Cardinality, the same guy who did the five hour and fifteen minute version, did a twenty four minute and twenty three second version speed run of this game, and I believe he's even done one now in twenty four minutes and nineteen seconds. I think I saw, but it, but anyway, he beat this game on level seven, and it was the most. It, it's a total mind fuck if you watch it and you've played this game for any amount of time in your life because you walk around. That he'll pause for specific reasons because if he pauses, if he doesn't pause the, the next cell, he'll hit an enemy, right? And then you'll watch them like, uh, you know, they'll be fighting an, fighting an enemy. He'll hit sleep, then he'll be asleep, and then he'll wait a specific, very specific amount of time to attack or cast a spell or whatever it is to keep them asleep or get an excellent um, hit. And to defeat this game with literally no sword, okay. You, I think he winds up using the hurt spell to defeat the enemy. I don't even think he winds up getting Erdrick's sword. I can't remember. Is Wayne Brady going to have to slap a bitch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Level seven. Level seven in this game. Like He goes out and beats four metal slimes with no weapon because he knows how to manipulate the RNG to get an excellent hit on them. And then that's it. And then he goes and beats the game. He has, there are very few things you absolutely have to do in this game to beat it. You have to go get these the the harp and this and that, and then you got to create this rainbow bridge, get across to the yeah. Shadrick's castle or whatever it's called, and then you have to beat the dragon uh, lord. That's it. You don't have to save the princess. You don't have to level up. You don't have to do anything. But yeah, to defeat this game in twenty four minutes as as a level seven character, holy crap! It was the weirdest thing I ever saw. It was like. Man, I just played this with game no, for with hours. no real weapons. With no real weapons. I don't like I said, I can't remember if he gets the sword or not. He defeats the axe knight, but I think that gave you the armor, right? We said. Yeah. I think then he goes out and gets the token, but I don't think he ever goes and gets the sword. I can't remember. But anyway, the moral of the story is it's really it's really messed up. I was gonna say, if anything, it, 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 you should watch it. Like it's worth I, it's worth the while. It's twenty four minutes. It took me twenty four minutes to put my name in <laughs> and then get like and like I was like, oh man. I, I was beating like white and red or, you know, like uh, regular slimes and red slimes. And then the next thing you know, like I go up and uh, I, I went a little bit too far up to the cave and there was a magician. And I'm like, holy shit. And I had to like take off because that thing would have wasted me. Right. Well, I will say this. I'm going to get a little bit more like at the end here talking about my personal experience. One of the things I love about this game is you can tell that you're getting stronger when the enemies that used to confound you run from you. So like I was I, I would walk up to a, like I would encounter a wraith. And it would be like, the Wraith has run. I'm like, what the hell, man? A Wraith just took off? How badass is my guy now? <laughs> he didn't seem that scary. I'm coming to get the... Oh, nope, yeah, yeah, I'm out. You, oh, it's, oh, I see you're level 15. <laughs> I'm out. Mind. I don't have time for all that. I gotta go. This is bad. I'm already undead. I don't need to be re-undeaded. <laughs> so, be re-undeaded. But anyway, so that... That that's Dragon Warrior, right? It's a long grind, unless of course you know how to manipulate RNG, <laughs> yeah. then you can beat it in twenty four minutes. But it is a long grind. I, I think it's a fun game, but I think that the the three that I gave it is probably a fair, you know, that's that's about where I think it should land. It it does at times literally put me to sleep, but I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing either. <laughs> like I no. can play this game, I can fall asleep, I can come right back to it. No, it's that or watching syndication of Golden Girls. So or or like Trailer Park Boys, which is the loud Park yelling Boys. show. My my uh, wife calls it. The Amy loud calls it yelling show. The loud That's yelling awesome. show, which it is, but it's I don't know somehow it puts me to sleep. But I love that show. All right, so where can the people find us? Give me all you are, got. Give me all you got. Where can the people find us? <laughs> so on social media, uh, you can find us. Like there's somewhere else. Like they're just going to come over to the house. Yeah. 
on Google Maps, you can yeah. find us in Flushing, Michigan. <laughs> right. Um, so social media, Lost Joystick. Um, that's going to be on Instagram and Twitter. Of course, Instagram is our best option. Yeah, that's um, where I do everything. I, 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 I'm, I'm to the point now where I almost want to take these other things off, but I do feel like we're going to start doing some of the stuff with these. So He still won't let me do anything. On I'll let you do whatever them, you want. So. You can have Facebook all day. It's all you. you I don't. Know? I don't actually have a Facebook account. This so would be a good reason one. to do it. There you Maybe go. Maybe I'll do that one. Okay. All right. So it's Lost Joystick Network. Yeah, Lost Joystick Network at Facebook and Twitch. I've got a nervous Twitch. So and our email is um, as Sean already knows. Thank you again, Sean. And congratulations. Yep. Um, info at lostjoystickandnetwork.com. Yep. And our contest is officially over. We might I, have to do a new one. I think I was just going to say. I think what I want to do is we'll take this episode off and we'll concoct a new one. And we'll come up with an idea of how we can get some interaction and uh, give some stuff away. So I'm down. Yeah. Maybe I'll put a poll up on our Instagram as to like what kind of giveaway would you prefer? And then when no one votes, we'll just pick arbitrarily ourselves. <laughs> and guys, remember, we're buddies with John. So if you just want Famicom games, we can bribe him. Yeah. He's, he's, got, a, he's got a pile of them for sale. Yeah. There we go. We're good. But, all right. Great. So awesome. Well, that's another one in the books, it ladies is, and gents. There's another Thanks one again for joining in us. The books. Yeah. What are you pointing at me for? You didn't say be awesome. You mean go out there, have fun, be safe, and be excellent to each other? Be excellent to each other. Bye. Give me what you got.